Hello everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I am very appreciative that you are here and listening and, you know, supporting the podcast as you do. I'm very, very grateful for every listener. So welcome if you're new and welcome back if you are a seasoned listener. Um, This week, I am going to be talking about New York. So um, it's more going to be like less, it's going to be less historical than more than most episodes. There's going to be some historical elements that I've researched, but mostly I just want to talk about my trip to New York because this weekend I went, so like Thursday, I went to New York with my cousin or actually, so my cousin lives in New York and I went and met her there. And so from Thursday afternoon to like Sunday afternoon, I was in New York getting shown around by what I call a true New Yorker, you know, like my cousin is not from New York. She's from Colorado, but when I see her in New York, it's like, oh yeah, this is like, this is your element, you know, like she's very New York. (laughs) So she's not a native to New York, but she definitely fits into the New York lifestyle. So, um, I went and visited her because there was a last minute thing where her roommates were going on this retreat and she was not sure if she wanted to go on the retreat or whatever. So like, I want to say it was like two or three weeks ago, she texted me and said like, I know this is last minute, but do you want to come to New York for this weekend? And you know, I've been wanting to go to New York for a while since she's lived there. Like my family has gone to New York a decent amount, I would say growing up. Uh, I actually don't think I've been that many times. I've probably been like three times. Um, but I love New York. I love the energy there. I love that it's like the hustle and bustle, you know, but we've really, you know, stayed around Manhattan. So around Times Square and in all those places, like we ventured out on little day trips, but for the most part, it's been right around Manhattan. But my cousin lives in Brooklyn. So I haven't really explored that area. And I still, to be honest, I don't know the geography very well at all. Like I know there's things that were crossing on bridges and there's rivers and things like that. I don't really know where we are at any point, but I know that I have not been to Brooklyn in like a meaningful way. Um, so I just want to go through, recap my trip, talk about a few of the historical things that I learned about it. And then the whole history of New York and the whole history of like when, you know, like all the things that I want to talk about the history of, I will be doing um, podcast episodes next year, which is now like only three months away. Um, do like recapping every state. So there's going to be a full week dedicated to all of the New York stuff. And I feel like those episodes are going to be kind of long because there's a lot of history per state. Like my Michigan one, I think was over an hour because I was just in Michigan. I was inspired to do a Michigan one that spurred on the idea to do like a full series basically where I go through every single state and do the research on every state. So, um, I am going to be doing a full New York episode next year. At some point, it's going to be probably kind of early in the year because I think they became a state early in the 50. Like they were one of the first couple states. So it will be an early episode 
next year when they become a state. So I'm not going to go into too much history. I really just want to talk about our trip. We had such, a, I had such a good trip. Like I feel like it came at the perfect time where I was just like needing time away. <laughs> um, I am kind of like wrapping up a job at my work and I'm going to be transitioning to a new job um, in another area of the same company. But I'm getting to the point where I'm like a little bit bored with my old job and I'm just like, I see the finish line. So it's kind of just like, it's motivating, but it's at the same time, it's a little bit like boring a little. Like I just, I, I see the new thing on the horizon. So I just want to go start that right away instead of just like wrapping up the old thing. So it came at a good point where I was like, I needed some sort of a break on the weekend. I didn't have to take a lot of time off of work. I had to take like one day. And then I could just go and have this like great New York little getaway and, you know, not think about work at all. Like I logged in one time to make sure there was no emergency happening. And as soon as I saw there were no emails that were like telling me to log on right away, I was like, okay, I'm putting this away the, re the rest of the weekend because I only logged on the, the one day that I missed. And then I saw nothing was, you know, catching on fire and I was like, well, no one's going to need me the off days, so I'm just going to not do anything there. Um, so let me, I'm just going to walk through like my pictures basically. And then obviously I know this is a podcast, so you will not be able to see those pictures. Um, but it will jog my memory of what we did each day. Because honestly, there was so much packed into each day, which I really, really like on vacations. Like, for a city vacation, I want a bunch to happen. And we did so much these like three, four days that it kind of is blurry in my memory about like what happened what day. So um, one note about this is like I made, a, I took video of everything and did a little video and put it on my YouTube channel. So go watch that. If you just YouTube Abby Rancor New York, you will find it. It's like the first search result. So um, just go find that and you can see a little video montage of everything we did in New York, which is super, super fun. So I came into New York Thursday afternoon. I think it was like around one or so. And I met Camille at her apartment. We <laughs> saw, I saw her apartment, you know, New York apartments are a league of their own. Like I, there is something so glamorous to me about living in New York and like living in a New York apartment. But then I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's actually very impressive. You can live in like a New York apartment for that long because it's just not a lot of room, you know, like unless you're a, just a millionaire, you are not getting a lot of space. You can make it work. There's a lot of nifty New York tricks to make a little bit of space seem like a lot more space. So there's like bunk beds and they have this like laundry machine that is portable so you don't have to have like a full laundry machine that you can kind of put in the shower and it'll spin and you know they clean their clothes that way and stuff like that so like all of that was amazing to see it was so funny but it was so like everything is so compact like even in stores when you would go up the escalator like a normal escalator in Colorado is like I don't know two feet wide in Manhattan and in like Brooklyn it's like a foot like a little over a foot wide. I was like, whoa, this is so small. So as you can imagine, like the apartment has a very narrow stairwell and like, um, you know, it's just 
everything's compact. So um, it was fun to see. It was really cool to do. I want to think that I could live in New York. Like it's so glamorous to me <laughs> and so fun to me to, to be like, oh, I could live in New York. But I'm genuinely impressed by the fact that like four people can live in an apartment that is so compact. Um, but the way they had it laid out made it seem like way more spacious than it could have, you know? Like furniture makes a huge difference because they had like, like they had a couch and a TV and, and that was like their whole living room. Then they had a, a kitchen. The kitchen was actually like pretty spacious. And then two rooms in that um, apartment. So it was plenty of room, but so two of her roommates were on a retreat. Um, I stayed like in the bed that her other, that one of her roommates usually sleeps in, um, in the same room. And then there was one roommate still there. So I met one of the room or actually I met all the roommates, but then two of them left immediately. <laughs> so I got there on Thursday afternoon and let's see, what is the, the first thing we did? Okay. So she lives in Brooklyn, as I mentioned. And the first thing we did was we walked, um, again, geography is not my strong suit, but we walked to this place called Dumbo. So if you're familiar with New York or anything around there, there's a place called Dumbo, which is like kind of an outdoor market, like little mini district sort of thing. There was a great like photo op between two very red brick buildings with the uh, Manhattan Bridge in the background, which was so cool. Um, I loved that. And then we had some white pizza. Now, Here's the thing that, uh, New York, well, wow. I just <laughs> stuttered so hard. Um, New York has a rule about dining inside. You have to have a vaccine and you have to show your vaccine. So I'm not about showing a vaccine card <laughs> when I'm going to eat. So I was skeptical at first when Camille told me to go to New York because I was like, am I going to be able to do anything? Cause I don't want to show like a vaccine card and like 90% of the restaurants there have an outdoor seating area. So this is like actually the perfect time to go because the weather is warm enough. Well, it's warm enough to sit outside, but it's like usually in the shade, not too excruciatingly hot. So we sat outside and ate like almost every meal because we didn't go inside basically one time. And then, um, yeah, but it, it really didn't inconvenience anything because we could just sit outside for everything. So, you know, and it didn't rain. We thought it was going to rain like multiple days that we were there. It did not rain at all. It was like the slightest drizzle one day and then it went away in like 10 minutes. So it was perfect, perfect weather. We got to sit outside for everything. We got to do everything we wanted. And the whole vaccine thing really didn't slow us down too much. So we went to Dumbo, we ate white pizza, we <clears throat> went um, to the building photo op. I wish I was better at posing for Instagram pictures. I got like one really, really good picture that I love. And then the other ones were kind of mediocre because I don't know how to pose and I'm not at my fittest right now. So I'm trying to get back into that. Um, but then we walked in, by, you know, kind of by the water in Brooklyn. We saw this carousel, which is amazing and it it's this carousel that's like surrounded by water and so we did that for a little bit we then walked to this place called pharmacy 
Um, it's a pharmacy and soda fountain. And there we had an egg cream, which if you follow my Instagram, you will know because I posted about it. But an egg cream does not have egg or cream. <laughs> it has whole milk, uh, hard, no, I keep saying hard seltzer because that's just like what seltzers are called to me. But um, it's whole milk, seltzer water, and a syrup. So it can either be like, well, it can be whatever flavor you want, but we got chocolate syrup. So we got a chocolate egg cream. It doesn't sound like that appealing of a combination, but it is actually very, very good. And they have this photo op sort of thing outside with like this bright pink bench and these cool flowers and plants. And it was just a great place. We also got like a rosé float. So it had, you know, wine, like rosé wine, and then it had blackberry ice cream on it. Very, very good. I like, I loved that. You know, it was kind of weird though, because I was so excited that there was a rosé float that I got it. But then as I was tasting it, I would drink, you know, you drink the rosé and then you eat the ice cream and neither of them really makes the other better. Like I would have rather kind of just had a glass of rosé with like a cup of blackberry ice cream. Putting them together didn't really add much. Um, I still liked it because it kind of went with the aesthetic of like the whole thing. But I have to say, like I was so excited at the time about rosé floats and then I really thought about it the next couple days and I was like, I think I would have just liked them separate a little bit better. Um, but anyway, it was an experience. So then we went to this amazing bookstore. It's called Books Are Magic, I think. And it's this like small little bookstore. It's very cute. And I got um, my brother and sister-in-law a children's book of Paddington because that's one of my favorite movies. And it was like six classic Paddington, Paddington stories. So we looked all around at those books. Then we were like kind of hungry, but really not that hungry. So we got these empanadas. They're corn-based tortillas, which I did not think I would really like because I don't really like corn tacos, like corn shells or, or corn tortillas, but these were so good. They were so crispy and so good. I was very pleasantly surprised. We got like a pork one, a cheap, uh, beef one, and then a plantains one. And they were all surprisingly good. Um, okay. So yeah, then we were the carousel. I already mentioned that. I think I'm kind of out of order because I don't know why these pictures, uh, came out of order. Some of them. But okay, so then that night we wanted to go do something like out on the town kind of and have some fun, but we weren't really sure. Like we were, as we were trying to kind of figure this out, we we're like, well, we could go and have dinner somewhere, but it's going to be like a lot of money. But there's this one place that is famous for their fries, you know, and so we could just try their fries. So what we decided to do was go back to the apartment cook our own meal, which was fun. Although I did not help at all. Like I, I did kind of feel bad because Camille kind of just like cooked the whole thing, but she, she made sausage, um, and then ravioli pesto and like kind of mixed it all up and had this, like these bowls and it was perfectly filling. It was very, very good. All from Trader Joe's shout out Trader Joe's. Um, and then we decided to go out to fries and I got this, like some sort of mixed drink that was very small 
and it was like $15 and I was just so excited to be in New York. I was like, I'm living it up. Whoa. But the fries, to be honest, were the best I've ever had. They were the best fries I've ever had. And I don't exactly know why. I was trying to describe it to my husband um, when I got back, but they were breaded in something that was just so good and they were perfectly crunchy without like hurting your mouth. I don't know if anyone <laughs> knows what I'm talking about when like if you get a very too crispy fry it kind of hurts your mouth. These did not. They kind of crumbled in the right way but they were also breaded. I don't know. Um, so we did that. That was very fun. It was like very cute outside. It had string lights and there are outdoor tables and all this cute stuff. So that was amazing. Okay, so the next day after we went to bed that night, oh, that night, it should be noted, we watched this movie called Ushpazine, which my family, who is like probably a lot of the listeners of the podcast, we watched Ushpazine, which we watched all growing up. It's about this Orthodox Jewish family who wants to get pregnant with a son, basically, and they're about to go through their holiday of Sukkoth, which it's apparently pronounced a few different ways because in the movie they said Sukkot or Sukkoth. I think they said Sukkoth in the movie, but then when I looked it up, it said Sukkot. Um, but anyway, it's the holiday where Jewish people go out and they build a temporary home and then they like host guests and things like that. Anyway, it's an amazing movie. It's about this Orthodox Jewish couple. They host these terrible guests for um, Sukkot and everything turns out in the end, but we watched it so many times. It's like from this artsy movie theater around us and we, we just watched it so much. My family is very into the Jewish culture, which I enjoy a great deal. And we kind of talked about it a lot when I was there because there's a very large Jewish community around that area. And so Camille and I like ended up talking about Jewish culture a lot. Um, because also it is, it was Yom Kippur when we were there and it was also then the start of Sukkoth like that week. So I think actually today is the start of Sukkoth. So we saw everyone going around with their like four species stuff and like the long green plants and the citrons and things. And um, there were multiple like Orthodox Jews on my flight who were carrying those as like carry-ons or check bags or something. So um that was fun that whole thing like inspired us to watch Ushpazine because we had been talking about that during the day so that is one of my favorite movies it was so so good to watch again um okay then the next day we went to this place called Amy's Breads that was in the morning we went there for brunch it had the most amazing bread I've ever had in my life like there were such good pastries there there was one like olive bread uh it was kind of like a churro but not coated in sugar but it was olive bread so it's it looked like it was a chocolate chip churro with no sugar but all of the what looked like chocolate chips were black olives and it was so good then olive oil cake might be my favorite thing there's olive oil cake with powdered sugar on top it was amazing it was the most moist thing i've ever had it was so good and then we had two breakfast sandwiches. So we got all that. We had a little nosh at the <laughs> at the place, um, at Amy's Breads. But then we took all of that and went to um, Prospect Park to watercolor, 
which was one of the most fun things I've done, I think, in my life. I always think when I do kind of special things like that, I'm like, oh, if I lived in New York, I would come watercolor every day or like every weekend here. You know, and then I check myself. I'm like, you know what? If I was in Colorado, like I'm, I live in Colorado, I could technically go to a park and watercolor every day. But I, but I don't. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I feel like that I would look back on that and be like, oh, I would watercolor every weekend. But in reality, if I lived there, I would probably watercolor like twice a year. But it was so fun. We took our little mini picnic to Prospect Park. We sat there. We watercolored. Um, it was Camille's idea to try to speak in French for like five minutes we had both forgotten a lot of French, but we eventually kind of started picking it up a little bit. Um, and we ended up talk, speaking in only French for like 20 minutes, which was fun. Um, we saw the Prospect Park Fountain. Okay, and then the one thing I did want to look up about this trip that I was very, very curious about was um, the arch that was like on the north side of Prospect Park. So there was an arch there and I was, it was like a, it looked like a civil war sort of, uh, commemoratory or statue. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's like a commemoration of the prospect park. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, anyway, it looked like a, it commemorated some event at prospect park. So I looked up the history of the Prospect Park um, Arch, and it was actually very interesting. So it had a lot of statues of things. It was like, um, like Lincoln was on a horse there, and there were a lot of like Civil War sort of statues there. But here is the little Wikipedia blurb about the arch. So there, the arch was first built without any of those statues. So Lincoln wasn't there. The, the other, you know, horses and things like that weren't there. So in 1894, there's a picture of it without any sculptures. Um, then Lincoln and Grant were added. And then there's a crowning sculpture, which is at the top, which has like it, you know, it's kind of the masterpiece of the arch. So it says on August 6th, 1889, William W. William R. Ware and Charles B. Atwood had been appointed by the Soldiers and Sailors Monument Commission, selected John H. Duncan's design for the arch from 36 designs. Okay. Um, so they built the arch after two and a half months of site preparation. Uh, William Tecumseh Sherman was the speaker at the, 19, or the 1889 Cornerstone and the President Grover Cleveland led the 1892 unveiling. Okay. So the arch was designate okay well, let's see um the mckinn mead and white film recommended the bronze statues for the city beautiful movement and park commissioner frank squire engaged frederick mac McMon in 1894 to design the three bronze sculptural groupings the interior arch faces have equestrian bass reliefs <laughs> I don't know what that really means, but they have three, they have statues of Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant. And then, um, let's see, also added in 1895 by sculptor Frederick McMonies are the army and navy sculptures and the allegorical crowning sculpture. 
The sculpture depicts the winged goddess of victory following victorious combat. Okay, so yeah, so the top thing is like this victorious sculpture saying that how they won the Civil War. So it's very, very cool. It's very intricate. Kind of reminds me of the Arc de Triomphe, you know, in Paris. And so that is the history of that. Like they built it in the 1880s as a commemoration of the Civil War and the victory. And, and they added these sculptures actually after the arch itself. So it was designated a landmark in 1973 and the crowning sculpture was restored after the chariot's figure fell out in 1976. Oh, I did not know that. That's, it sucks. It fell off. The occasionally publicly accessible observation deck at the top of the Soldiers and Sailors Arch was closed in the 2000s because the deck had severely degraded. Um, in 2018, it was announced as that as part of a renovation of the Grand Army Plaza, the Arch's observation deck would be restored and reopened. I wonder when it's going to get reopened because it was not reopened when we were there. Probably part of that is because of COVID, so I'm not sure. But that is the history of the arch. Very good. Um, okay, so after that, we went to Peter Luger's. We had, so this was a funny day because all of our meals were like offset by like three hours. So we ended up eating breakfast at like 10 or 10.30. And you would usually eat like, I don't know, 8 or 7.30. Then we had Peter Luger's essentially for lunch, but our reservation was at 2.45, which is kind of an awkward time between lunch and dinner. And so then we were full for a while, um, but then we ended up eating kind of a mini dinner at like 8.45, which our family eats at like 5. So that was very late and everything was offset. But Peter Luger's, if you don't know, is this very famous steakhouse in Brooklyn. Um, it, it, it has these strips of bacon that are so thick. They're so good. The steak is the best ever like I don't usually even like steak but Peter Luger's has it soaked in butter and then they basically boil the butter and put it on this plate that's slightly slanted so while the butter runs down to the bottom and it boils if you don't want to know what I'm talking about go to my YouTube channel I just made a New York video and all of this is in there so go see that butter sizzling um, we tried to eat as much as we could, but honestly, it was, it was very hard. Um, okay, so then we went to the New York Oculus. We saw the 9-11 Memorial. We saw the, the Trade Center kind of from a distance. We saw Hamilton's grave. Um, and that's when we ate the chicken satay at a kind of Thai Vietnamese restaurant we had fries with like a peanut sauce sort of thing and then chicken satay it was very very good okay i think oh, okay that night we watched mad hot ballroom which is a documentary based in new york about these public school this public school program where uh kids dance and then they have a final competition at the end it's like literally my favorite documentary of all time and we watched that that night, which was so fun. Usually a lot of people around me do not like to watch my documentaries or shows that I like to watch or movies. I literally, my two favorite things to watch are Ish Bazine and Mad Hot Ballroom and Camille likes those. So we got to watch those, which was very, very fun. Um, after that, we tried to go get ice cream by the water to see like the night skyline. We did see the night skyline, which was incredible. 
but the ice cream was closed. So sad day. Um, but let's see. So then the next morning was Sunday. We went to a, or no, was Saturday. We went to an outdoor street market, like farmer's market sort of thing. And it's kind of interesting because like the Colorado farmer's markets and street markets have a lot more food at them, like just, you know, pastries and lemonade and kettle corn and things like that. This was like, they legitimately had so many vegetables there and fruit and it was like actual farmers. It makes sense because it's a farmer's market, but I think I've been kind of jaded in my view of what the farmer's market is because of Colorado farmer's markets and there's not a lot of farms here. So that was interesting. There was just so much produce. And then we went to this place called the High Line, which is an old like train track train or subway track I guess or train track and it's above the city so it's like kind of elevated and they made it a whole garden and it was very very cute very green had little gardens we had this basil olive or no brie and olive sandwich so I felt like my tastes were getting very mature there um that was fun it was just so hot that day that I was just sweating so much like I was dripping sweat the whole day or at least the whole morning um, so after that, my brother actually suggested that we go to this place, this pizza place, uh, which was the top rated of Barstool Sports. If you don't know, Dave Portnoy does Barstool Sports. He has this catchphrase that goes, one bite, everyone knows the rules. He takes, you know, he eats like the whole slice of pizza basically, and he ranks them. He's ranked so many places in New York, and this was like his best slice. And I have to confirm, like, it was pretty perfect. It was almost perfect for me. So it's called John's at Beaker Street and the outer crust was literally perfect. That would have been amazing. Um, it was kind of crispy. It was a little bit charred, you know, but it wasn't like charred, charred. Um, but then as you move to the center of the pizza, the crust wasn't as crispy, which is my only knock on it because the rest of it was so good that I can't even... Um, I can't even fathom like this pizza has kind of a separation between cheese and sauce and usually when people when places do that there's like way too much sauce on the bites of sauce somehow that wasn't a thing here and it was just like the best mix of flavors the entire time it was so freaking good I would give it like a 9-1 Dave Porno gave it a 9-3 and I'm not trying to be pretentious to give it like a worse rating than Dave Portnoy, but I think the only thing that would have made it better was to have a crispier bottom crust. And I don't know if that's normal, like this is their best pizza they've ever made, or it's usually a little bit crispier. I'm not sure, but it was nonetheless just amazing. We then went to this um, Italian place that was you know, they made it a big point to like not discriminate against vaccine status to like sit down um, to get a cannoli. We got a cannoli and then we were like, oh, let's go sit down in the back. And Camille even mentioned, she's like, you know, a lot of restaurants here don't let you sit down unless you're doing like menu, like sit down service. You can't grab food from the front and go sit down with it. And we specifically asked the lady like can we just go take this cannoli and go sit down in the back she said yes but we had our leftover pizza with us that's a key point in this <laughs> story so we went she goes yes go ahead go and sit in the back 
we took our cannoli we went and sat in the back i had the pizza box i think the guy who was like running that area thought that we were coming back to take other pizza and sit in the back and eat that so he got kind of upset he's like who told you you could come back here like this is only for menu service and camille was like you know the lady said that we could come back here and um you know, it was this like kind of whole thing. It literally took us like 30 seconds to eat the cannoli. So we were out of there very quick, but they were not happy that we sat in the back, which I've never seen before. Like in Colorado, if you take like basically a to-go item, you can still sit in the restaurant's tables. But in New York, if you take a to-go item, you, you can't, you have to like sit at a, you know, take in area to have access to the tables which is interesting. But the cannoli was like one of the best I've had as well. I was trying to compare them to our Boston cannolis we had and they're honestly about the same. Like I had, that was such a good cannoli. Okay, then we were, at this point, we went to Manhattan because we had a hotel in the afternoon and wait, maybe John's of Beaker Street is in Manhattan. I think we went to Manhattan kind of early in that day. I don't know. Some of the days are kind of mixing together. But either way, we went to Manhattan. We were trying to burn time before our hotel was ready. And so we went to American Girl, which is our ultimate favorite childhood place. It was amazing. I think they closed the flagship store, we found out. But they had a lot of stuff at this other store. I was going to buy an orange cat, little American Girl orange cat. And it was sold out very sad but we explored there for a while it was amazing all my childhood dreams came true and then we went to the halal guys food cart around dinner time because we had to burn like multiple multiple hours between pizza and our hotel like we were supposed to check in at our hotel at three and it ended up being like five or five thirty so we went to the halal guys ate it on the street in times square uh, well, or just a re- right around Times Square, like in Manhattan. It was so good. It's uh, we got a Euro platter. Oh, highly recommend. So good. Um, and then let's see that night we just explored Times Square. We went to the fountain. At, I think it was Bryant Park was like, we went to a fountain, we got a little cheesecake. I bought a Stein for my husband at the Hershey store right in Times Square amazing. Okay. So then the next day was my final day, which was sad already because you know what? Honestly though, felt like I spent a week there, but I know I had only spent like three days. So it was kind of still, it was still sad leaving because I could have just stayed there for much longer. Um, but we went to central park. We did the same sort of thing that we did with prospect park where we got like kind of a smorgasbord of things from pastry, uh, place and then we took it to a park had a little picnic in the park and then walked around the park so central park was amazing we saw the zoo the bells went off as we went under the bridge it was like kind of magical um i had this passion fruit tart from the uh pastry shop that was i think that's my favorite food this is the second passion fruit tart i've had and it's just as good both times so it was amazing we saw everything um like everything in central park i feel like we did a whole little loop around it and we saw a statue of hans christian anderson which we used to watch his movies like we were discussing this camille and i that we kind of watched like odd movies for kids (laughs) 
you know, as ki- like when we were kids, not a lot of other kids were watching the movies that we watched. We watched Ushpazine, we watched Madhall Ballroom, and we watched Hans Christian Andersen. No one that I know has watched those movies, <laughs> but we watched like, yeah, we watched a lot of, of those things when I was there. And then we saw the ha- picture of, or the statue of Hans Christian Andersen, and I took some pictures of him. So um, from there, we just basically like subwayed back to Brooklyn to um, Camille's apartment to get the rest of my stuff that I hadn't taken to Times Square um, for the night. Packed that up for like 10, 15 minutes, and then I got on the Uber. So that was the whole trip. Those are the many historical <laughs> things that I learned on the trip. Um, it was just so exciting. Like it was such a needed break, I think, for both of us. I just really, really wanted to go to New York. I really wanted to have a girls trip and this checked all the boxes. So I had such an amazing time. I would like to go back already. I think I was talking to Camille about like, hey, if you ever get a job in in Boston and you like want to live in Boston, I will definitely come visit you like multiple times in Boston because I know like New York and Boston are very similar and I honestly love both of them. So we went to Boston on a girl's trip a couple years ago. I loved that. This was like the sequel to the Boston trip. Like it was so, so fun. So no matter where she ends up, I'm probably going to go visit her a bunch of times because it was just so fun. We did so much. We walked like 20, like 20,000 plus steps a day. My legs were so tired, but it was amazing. It was so fun. So that is New York. That is my New York trip. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And remember, I will be doing full, like a full New York history. If you felt a little gypped on the history of the things that I saw in New York, I'll be doing a full New York history lesson early next year at some point when I go through each state, how it became a state, the history before, the history after, all the big landmarks, all that sort of thing that will be included in those episodes. So hopefully you don't feel too gypped. Hopefully you enjoyed my New York trip. Um, Again, go watch it on um, Abby Rancor YouTube channel. I'm the only Abby Rancor there is there. So, um, go search that video. You can see all the visuals of all those things I talked about. Um, and then one other fun fact that's very unrelated to this stitch and buffs. If you have listened before, you will know. I also am like a business partner running this, uh, Etsy shop called stitch and buffs. We do like custom embroidery, all sorts of embroidery and cross-stitching. And we had our first custom order this week. It was delivered or it was sent out. It was paid for. It's being delivered in like a day. And it was just so exciting. Um, And that's just so fun. So also go check out Stitch and Buffs if you like anything stitching or crafts or anything. We have cross-stitch patterns. We have cross-stitch customizable things, embroidery, customizable embroidery all of that. Highly encourage you to check it out. I'm having so much fun with it. It's the best. So that's all for this week's episode. Thank you so much. Oh, one last thing. I keep saying that, but I have missed two Bible episodes the last two weeks. I will have one on Thursday to try to like make up for it. Um, I mean, I know Thursday is a normal day, but I'm going to have one Thursday. It'll be basically picked up from where I was last time. I've had these episodes kind of 
done. Like I could have recorded it a few times, but I just feel so kind of not prepared with the book of Isaiah because there's so much going on in Isaiah. There's prophecies against everyone and there's prophecies for Israel. And it's very hard to read with the literary stuff. So I've just not felt great about recording this specific episode. Um, so I think I've just been procrastinating, which is bad, but it will be out on Thursday to try to catch up. And then over the next couple of weeks, I'll be releasing two per week to get caught up to, to finish before the end of the year. So we'll still finish before the end of the year. That is the commitment I have made. So I'm going to make up the episodes until then. So, um, that is actually now the end of the podcast. Thank you all for listening so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to go rate and, um, leave a review on Apple podcast. And I will very much appreciate that. Thank you so much. I will see you on Thursday. Bye everyone.